Have you ever struggled with sleep or feeling so drained or tired in the middle of the day? Your energy is just at an all-time low. Maybe you're parenting and you've got kids up at night, or maybe you just can't sleep. Your mind is racing. You're thinking about work in the middle of the night, or you can't, you're just tossing and turning as you're trying to go to bed. My friend Vitote is an Ayurvedic sleep coach, and she's on a mission to help those who struggle with sleep to recalibrate their sleep cycles and to regain their energy. So having suffered herself from insomnia for six years, she now uses ancient Ayurvedic wisdom and yoga nidra to guide herself and others to the realms of rest. She advocates reorganizing our daily routines in a way that leaves more space for rest and self-care. It's through slowing down that we're able to tend to our bodies in an impactful way, enjoy optimal health, and live our best lives. Vitote lives in Belgium with her husband and two kids. And when she's not geeking out on Ayurvedic literature and sleep science, you can find her hanging out in the forest sipping chai, and taking care of her little ones. I am so, so excited for you to get your hands on this one. It is such an impactful conversation. So I hope you will stick around and tune in to this beautiful conversation with Vitote. Welcome to the Deliciously Alive podcast, where we explore what's possible when we allow ourselves the full human experience. My name is Sarah Campbell, and I'm your host. Each week, my guests and I will be sharing real and actionable insights on how to tap into your desires, feel truly alive, adventurous, and inspired to take action. I believe to my core that a vibrant, radiant, delicious life is possible for you. So pull up a comfy seat or join me on your favorite walk and we'll take this wild, messy, brilliant journey to living a life that lights us up together. Welcome, welcome everybody. I am so excited that you're here today. Today we are talking to a friend of mine, Vitote, and it's really an exciting topic that I think impacts a lot of our life, but we don't focus on it as much as some of the other elements. And so it's such a game-changing topic. So thank you for being here, first of all. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. I'm really excited because, like I said, this is really a game-changing topic, and I've actually experienced sleep deprivation at some stages of my life. I have a child. <laughs> so I think most mothers can probably relate. And even people that haven't gone through that parenthood experience, it's not just parents that are struggling with this. And so it's incredibly important. What was it with your journey? What was it that you were experiencing that others listening might be experiencing as well? And they can kind of say, yes, okay, that's me. She gets me. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, so my journey with insomnia started when I was about halfway through my first pregnancy. So it actually started at the beginning of my journey um, as a mother. And before that, I was sleeping perfectly fine. I never had any issue sleeping. But that was already eight years ago. And out of the blue, I would just like wake up in the middle of the night, early morning hours, like 2 a.m. or even 1 a.m. 
And I would just have to go into my living room, put on the lights and start reading, you know, and then there would be this time passing and you're nervous watching the time because you know, there's less and less of it left. And then I would dread the ring of my alarm. I would manage to doze off a little bit and like later morning, but then at seven I would have to be up and getting ready for work you know because I was working still full-time back then and I remember like starting my days completely dreading the day ahead like feeling like a complete train wreck and I think it's a feeling that many experience regardless if you're a parent or not Um, I think those of us who are parents there's maybe even more pressure especially if there are jobs as well that we have to go to and like we can't catch up on our sleep during the day but yeah so for me that was how insomnia came to visit me it was through my motherhood journey and then obviously came when my daughter was born then there was natural sleep deprivation from nursing and her just not sleeping well and that continues for a while until I got pregnant the second time and so then the story kind of repeated itself a little bit but by then I had so many years of sleep deprivation that my body just forgot what it feels like to have a full night's sleep and so about three years ago when I stopped nursing my son I had to kind of retrain myself to sleep you know, to have a full night's sleep because I had forgotten how to do that. (laughs) That was actually what was going through my head as you were talking is that it's so normalized. I was thinking about that and thinking like going to work and everyone's like, oh, I'm so, you know, I'm so tired. It's so normalized that we're like, yeah, that's just life, right? But you kind of forget you don't have to do that. You just accept it and you're like, oh, so tired. Couldn't sleep again last night. (laughs) And it's like, what a, what a message of hope to, I think you don't even realize once you get so far into it. Do you think? Yes, absolutely. And for me, I really compare the first time I became a mother and the second time I became a mother. And I feel like the first time this was happening to me, I just kind of took it like, oh, this sucks, but not actually knowing that I am empowered to do something about it Mm. and assuming that I just have to wait it out and, you know, see what happens. But the second time, I feel like this was also the time when I started looking for solutions and I got into holistic wellness and Ayurveda. And the second time I started to become a little bit more assertive. Mm. One thing is recognizing being aware of what we're going through and how that is impacting our body. But it's another thing to honor those needs. Mm -hmm. So for me, the change started happening when I started to honor my needs. And it's a journey that takes time. I think, and it's so true, and this is probably such a great reminder. You know, I know we're talking about parenthood because we both experienced that. And so it's really relatable. But the piece about honoring is so interesting because I think, like I said earlier, it's almost like a given and we haven't realized that we can 
honor that there is another way and honoring our body. And it's just a flip the script moment when you realize that there's so much more in your control and there's so much of a better way of doing things than what you're experiencing. So what was the tipping point for you? Because you said she went through this process with your first and kind of was like, oh, this is what motherhood is. Everyone told me I would be up, I would be nursing, I would be, <laughs> you know, this is just what it is, yeah. right? And yeah. then you had your second and you said that kind of changed your perspective a little bit. What was that tipping point that made you realize this? So I think that there were probably many little moments that came as a general experience of motherhood. But I think the tipping point that I would refer to was me coming across Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. And I came across it when my son was still a baby. And I found this podcast, which I still love to this day, by the way, it's called the Simple Ayurveda Podcast. And it's founded by an, an amazing woman called Angela Perger. And she's my Ayurveda idol. We'll make sure we put it in the show notes for everyone listening. <laughs> yeah, put it in the show notes. Anyway, so I found this podcast and I literally binge listened to it for several days. And with each episode, I felt like I was learning something that I had already known all along. It was just making so, so much sense. And it was that tipping point when I started noticing the cause and effect in my life. Right. Like how I lived my life and how was like, what was the outcome? How was my body feeling? How was my mind feeling? And realizing that I eat certain foods, they make me feel this way. I sleep a certain way and then I feel a certain way in the morning. So this relationship between my actions and the outcome that results from them, that I think was that turning point. And I really like dove into Ayurveda, like really, I signed up for an introductory course and I signed up for a 300 hour course. I became a member of the founder of this podcast. And then I knew that it's just going to be something that I'm going to do and help other people find out about it. <laughs> That's amazing. I find this with a lot of different areas, like sleep being one that I didn't even really think about, to be honest, until our conversation. But so many of the elements of our life, we miss that cause and effect. We do. We miss that cause and effect so much. And it creates this feeling of the victimhood feeling where it's just like, right. it's out of my control. It's out of my hands. You know, I knew I was not going to be able to sleep when I became a mom. That's just the way it is. And it's that releasing of control. And I didn't even think about it with sleep. And I love that. I have a dear friend of mine who's really, you know, we've had conversations about Ayurveda as well. And she opened my eyes to it. And it was such an interesting perspective. And it makes so much sense when you think about it. You're like, of course, I do something and this happens. But it's not, I don't find that it's the automatic track that we play in our heads a lot of the time. So what an amazing experience for you to kind of get that back and be like, no, I am in control of more. I can impact 
my outcome so much more than I originally thought. It's so amazing. So you talk about Ayurveda and I know you're a strong believer in the principles and it's made a huge impact on you. What is it? And it might be kind of just, you know, what you said, but what is it about that approach that was exactly what you needed to hear or what you needed to explore? Was it the cause and effect? Is there something else that was just like met you exactly where you needed to be met? I think the cause and effect is definitely a very big piece of that. I love what you said before about us not really thinking how important these mundane things are. They're really mundane for us, you know. Oh, I had lunch. Oh, I had dinner. Uh, I didn't sleep well. Don't really think about this cause and effect. And keeping this in mind with each action you take during your day is really a game changer. So that is one piece. And the second piece, I think for me, was the connection that Ayurveda provided me with nature. Mm. Uh, It does it. Like nature in the big sense. Yeah. Not just go out to the trees. Not just in the woods, woods, but like everything, you know. Mm -hmm. And it does it in several ways for me. The first part is really getting to know your body through the lens of the five elements. And those five basic elements, which are ether, air, fire, water, and earth, They're basically the building blocks of nature. So realizing that we are built in a unique way, but with the same material that everything else on this planet is built is actually really empowering. Mm. Makes you feel like you're part of something greater and it makes you feel less lonely. Mm -hmm. Then another way that Ayurveda provides this connection to nature is through food. So how we source our food, how do we prepare it so that we can digest it, right? Because there's one thing to uh, assume good quality food, but if you're not digesting the quality food, you might as well put it in the bin because it's just wasted. Yeah. So through our nutrition. And then the last piece would be the beautiful link that it provides when we learn to live in sync with nature cycles Mm. and rhythms. So this rhythmical living, knowing when to go to bed, knowing when to wake up, the circadian piece is very, very big in Ayurveda. And it's actually one of the main ingredients in the recipe for good sleep is respecting your circadian rhythm. This is so good. You just gave me chills earlier when you're talking about this because I had this moment when I was listening to you where I was like, you feel so connected to what's around you, to people and plants and animals, because it's like this, exactly what you said, we all kind of cut from the same cloth, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's this beautiful intertwined piece of you know, incredible goodness and magic that we're all woven into. And it was just like gave me a a really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? An intuitive way of living. Mm-hmm. But I think we have to relearn it. It's a little bit of coming home to self, hey? Yeah, I think it's, you know, when we live on autopilot, which is what I was doing the first time I became a mother. I was still like in this commute, you know, get to work, 
with my baby in daycare. Like I was in that autopilot state. You don't see those things when you're there. No, it's the whole keeping up with the Joneses or the rat race or what everybody calls it. It's just like the get up, eat, sleep, repeat kind of modern living. If I could describe it how I was feeling then, but I think I didn't know it back then, was like feeling that I was some kind of like a small cog that was working that was kind of like turning in isolation from everything else Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and not really being part of something bigger Mm -hmm. and I think Ayurveda was a huge piece that provided me that connection to nature and by connecting me to nature it also provided me a deeper connection with the self Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that was really a missing piece of the puzzle for me back then yeah it just gives you a broader perspective you can really see more of how everything works together yeah so incredibly you know if you look at nature so you talk about claiming I know this is something that I've you know, heard you or seen you talk about before, but reclaiming quality rest as our birthright. Mm. What is that? What does that look like? Is that more energy, more fun? What's, what is that? I remember once when I was having a hard time, my teacher, my Ayurveda teacher told me the ecosystem wants you to thrive. And that stayed with me. And I think, again, going back to this, like, accepting whatever state we're in and accepting our sleep-deprived state, we're not meant to stay there. We're not meant to just get by. Because when we just get by, we're not being the best that we can be. Mm. And if you think about it, like, every living being on this planet and the planet itself would benefit from us thriving yes. and being rested, right? So this is where the birthright piece comes in. And I think we often, especially as women, like we feel guilty about claiming that space and time to rest. If it's like a nap or whatever, or like working less. I remember when my son was born, when I told you that I started to become a bit more assertive, you know, I started reducing my hours at work. And this was something that was not always very well received in my working environment and even my family. Like my husband was always very supportive, but my family was like, really, so what? You're working less? So you're going to make less money, you know? And so we have this guilt because taking time for us to thrive is not something that we are taught. It's not something that we grow up with, you know? Mm -mm. So one thing is knowing that we have this birthright. And another thing, again, is claiming it and honoring it. And Mm -hmm. that sometimes takes a bit of work to have that courage to say, I'm going to be a rebel and I'm going to rest. Yeah. It does. Because I think you hear it all the time. It kind of comes from a lot of the sayings, like, if 
uh, I can't pour into anyone if, if my cup's not empty and put your mask on before you put on someone else. But there's this disconnect between understanding it and getting it. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Of course, I can't put someone mm. else's life mask on if I don't have mine on. But there's a disconnect between actually allowing yourself to do it. Yeah. It's so how did you bridge that gap? Because I know that's a really hard thing for me. And I know it is for a lot of people that I talk to is like, yeah, okay, you know something conceptually, but like, how did you get there? How were you like, um, did you just have to like talk yourself into it? Or you know, how did you shift that belief so strongly and with so much conviction that you were like, this has to happen? Well, it was definitely progressive. So, you know, I started reducing my hours like really by very little at first, like at first, just like 10%, you know, and then that percentage went lower and lower because I noticed that I was feeling so much better when mm. I was spending less time at work. So it was definitely happened over time. And I think I'm still learning that now I'm no longer at my job. But I'm still learning that in other circumstances, mm -hmm. in other ways. But for example, now that my daughter is seven, I already try to get her used to asking that question. Do mm -hmm. I need to rest? So for example, I will say, are you sure you want to go to your swimming practice today? You look tired. Do you need to rest? I want her to get used to hearing that question and ask herself that question because it was not something that I grew up with you know people were not asking themselves that when I was little oh it's so magical for her to be able to grow up with that yeah so it's definitely little things that we can do you know with ourselves but also already with our children so we model but we also already show them the way a little bit so yeah it's so good and I think that there's something that I've always struggled with that all or nothing approach where it's like, mm -hmm. this is it. No more of the old thing. And it's that when you slip up, you end up defaulting back and often worse to whatever it was that you started mm -hmm. out as. And I love that you shared that it was a progressive approach because yeah, it just gives that permission. And I hate that word, but that permission to just take it slow a little bit at yeah. a time, it even 70%, 30%, 1% better is better, right? It doesn't yeah. have to be 100% or nothing. It doesn't mean that you have to quit your job tomorrow and completely reorganize your mm -hmm. life. It can look like working two or three less hours a week and then yeah. reevaluating from there. And I think that's a struggle for a lot of high achieving or really growth minded people where they're really great at driving themselves toward the next level, toward the next thing. But rest is a real struggle. Rest is the, the real, real struggle for sure. And honoring your body and honoring what you need in that moment. And just knowing that it can be a progressive thing is so encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can start really small. Anything that has to do with our beliefs I also don't believe that we can go from all or nothing um, mm -hmm. because it's 
you first need to get comfortable, you know, just asking your family, hey, can you take care of the kids? I'm going to go nap for 20 minutes. Yeah. First, get comfortable asking the really little things of the people closest to you. Then see where that takes you. What's the next onion skin that you can peel, you know? Yeah. And then and then you keep advancing until you get to a point where you feel like you have the resources to do what it is that you want to do. It's so funny when you said that. I felt it in my stomach. I, when you said, can you watch the kids for a second while I go take a nap? I felt that guilt come up. It's so crazy. Yeah. Even though I wasn't even... <laughs> I wasn't even the one saying it, but it was just that it is, a, you know, that's enough of a chip that we need to work away at. Right? You yeah. don't have to, you don't have to conquer the whole thing in one go. That's enough to like get through that and get through mm -hmm. the fact that the asking for help and letting go of things that maybe you said yes to, maybe you would traditionally say yes to, but instead exactly what you said with your daughter, like swimming lessons you know, being comfortable with reevaluating, being so in tune with your body that you can make a decision based on what you need in the moment. And it's such a harmonious way to live. It's, if more of us lived in that way, we'd make so much better decisions and just make progress on the things that are actually important to us instead of chasing after getting stuck in that day-to-day -day grind. And we end up down a path that we didn't even care about in the first place because we never we weren't well rested. We didn't take the time to just stare out the window and think or, you know, active rest or sleeping or whatever. So good. So, so good. So when we talk about quality rest, what's, and you talked a little bit about the circadian rhythms and things like that. What's required for us to get quality rest, especially when we're in the thick of sleepless nights? <laughs> what do we do? Throw yeah. us a lifeline here. <laughs> What's required, so scientifically, it's between seven and nine hours. And mm -hmm. Ayurveda also uh, recommends seven to nine hours, depending on your body type, because we have slightly different needs when it comes to sleep. But I think if people aim for eight good hours, they're good. Mm -hmm. Now, when we speak of eight hours, this is eight hours of sleep, right? So it's not eight hours that you spend in bed because some people say like, oh, <laughs> I was in bed for eight hours. I was reading for two of them and yeah. then... <laughs> on Facebook for 30 minutes. Or on Facebook, <laughs> scrolling, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is referring to the actual hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. And if you're experiencing sleep deprivation or insomnia and you feel like you need to replenish your resources during the day, then the tool that worked really well for me was yogic sleep, yoga nidra. Oh, I love, is, yes. Oh, you know yoga nidra. I actually Super. fell asleep in a yoga nidra class one time and the instructor had to wake me up because everybody's gone. <laughs> so it works. It works, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's actually a very advanced yogic tool. And the point of it is not to put people to sleep. The point <laughs> is actually to keep them alert. However, it's a great tool. Like one of the side effects, I'm doing air quotes right now because it's not actually a side effect. It's, you know, it's a bonus for people who are sleep deprived is that it gives you amazing quality rest. 
And that's because when we're in a state of yoga nidra, which is basically our body is asleep, but our mind is supposed to be alert. Mm. The brain waves that we experience are similar wavelengths when we are in a state of deep sleep. So if we're missing deep sleep during the night, this is a really good way to kind of replicate that brain wave. And it gives you the impression that you have really, really rested. So even after like 20 minutes, you emerge from your practice feeling like you've had the best nap of your life. Like you really oh. have the energy to go uh, to face the day, basically. So this is a tool that I really recommend to anyone who is in that dire state of sleep deprivation and they're needing to get through the day. Oh, that's so um, good. I didn't know the science behind yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is more and more studies coming out. So I'm excited to see them. I love this practice so much and it's helped me through so much that I also trained as a yoga nidra guide. So I am using that in my work now and I love it too. It's great. That's amazing. <laughs> so if you yeah. wake up in the middle of the night or you need a refresh in the middle of the day, that's a good go-to. Or will it keep it up in the middle of the night? I don't know. Yeah, I personally don't use it in the middle of the night. There are, however, people who do and they say it's very helpful. But for me, it works best in the middle of the day or like the first part of the day. Mm, when you need that um, little oomph to kind of yeah, get yourself yeah, back. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. So is there anything that you used or you experienced when you're up? Because you talked about going out to the living room, you just have to turn the lights on and read and, you know, and you're getting anxious because you know you have to work, you know, your alarm's going to, you know, your alarm's going to go off. Is there anything that you started doing in the middle of the night when you were experiencing those sleepless nights? So back then, no, just kind of, you know, was still in this mindset that this is how it is yeah <laughs> but um when i discovered ayurveda i really started focusing on my evening routine mm, so it's more proactive approach it's not what do you do in the middle of the night it's like how do i set myself up for success so that never happens yeah and, and cool. for me i felt like w whenever i would experience insomnia during the night i feel like it's too late for me to do anything <laughs> yeah you're kind of at the point of no return <laughs> exactly point of no return so the best strategy for me would be to really watch out my caffeine intake hmm. that's a big one because we are often not aware of how much caffeine we consume it's not only the coffee it's also in decaf decaf is often 30 percent i had no idea <laughs> oh it's like and then green tea black tea and chocolate so people who eat chocolate after dinner. <laughs> this is explaining sleep. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely watching the caffeine screens. Mm -hmm. Evening screen time is definitely a big trigger. Also, like having your working brain on in the evening. Mm. That's something that can really trigger the momentum for that working brain to continue. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Because you're just still in the mode of like active. Yeah. I used to work evenings mm -hmm. and I could never go to bed 
because you just got off work at like 11 p.m. Of course, you're not going to be able to go to bed for a while. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So these are the big ones. And having a regular bedtime, that's a very important one. Mm -hmm. Your body starts to get used to it. Yeah. Our bodies love structure. They love knowing what to expect and when to expect it. If you can give that assurance to your body, it will thank you. Mm. And that goes for food as well. If you can keep regular eating times, that will make your digestion so much better mm. because your body will know when to prepare. Interesting, but it so, makes so much sense, of course. Yeah. Yeah, it's all in the setup, setting yourself up for success. It makes mm. so much sense. So what's the ripple effect here when, especially if somebody is listening and they're like, I'm in the thick of it. I can't sleep. Okay, cool. These are some really good tips for me to start getting myself in that proactive space so that I don't have to experience these sleepless nights. And I've got some tools now for that midday slump, but I still can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm still like so drained, so tired. What's possible for us after we get here? Because you've kind of seen both sides. You've been, you know, on that that really sleep deprived insomnia space and then being able to see on the other side, like what does life look like on the other side for us if we can do this for ourselves? Ah, oh, there's so much. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much. There's actually about 17 thousand studies, scientific studies that have been done on sleep so far. And even scientists nowadays, they say that there isn't a single biological function that does not benefit from a good night's sleep. Wow. And if we let that sink in, whatever health sim symptoms you're experiencing, no matter their nature, if you're not sleeping, know that if you start sleeping, whatever those symptoms are, they will get better mm. and then they will be reduced because mm -hmm. there isn't a single biological function that does not benefit from a good night's sleep. And one of my favorite scientists, <laughs> oh, do tell. Matthew, Matthew Walker is <laughs> a sleep guru. So he says that sleep is the single most effective thing that we can do on a daily basis to reset our brain and our health. The single most effective thing. Wow. So if you're suddenly finding yourself at a time when your sleep is off the tracks, your digestion is off and your exercise routine is non-existent and you're like... It's 2023. I need to do something. <laughs> Start with sleep because that is the one that will be the most effective um, out of all the three. Wow. And then when it comes to health, like there's so many things like hormone health, our hormone health sits on sleep, menstrual health for women, especially who are experiencing painful and irregular periods. This is a very important piece cardiovascular health, gut microbiome, good sleep keeps our gut microbiome healthy. And we now already know the connection between 
a healthy microbiome and our mind, our brain, right? Because mm -hmm. now know how our gut affects our moods uh, and our emotional states. So when speaking about mental health, also when we have enough sleep, we're less impulsive. Mm. So that goes for the choices that we make in terms of what we eat, which will have an effect on our health, but also our relationships. Like as mothers, I think we can relate how differently we react when we're sleep deprived and when we're rested, right? Totally. And what effect that has in our household on the general mood of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that is an accurate statement. Yeah. I could go on for a little bit. <laughs> I didn't know that it was the single. If you had asked me that, I would have said food. But it makes so much sense because, like you said, you when you're in that rested state, all your decisions make better. All your choices are better. Your thought process is better. And I can only imagine, you know, digestion and hormones and all the things that I hadn't really originally thought of would benefit as a result. And that's kind of, um, what a nice New Year's resolution, sleep more. Yeah. <laughs> I think I could deal with that. I actually struggle with resting for sure, because, you know, I think that's kind of the, when you're driven, you get yeah. stuck in that pattern of go, go, go. Yeah. I totally relate to it because I have a similar personality. When I'm excited about something, my like when I'm in momentum, it's really hard for me to stop myself in the train tracks. Mm -hmm. But now I kind of have my like my little red lines that now I have experimented for so long that I know that when I cross them, I will be sorry. <laughs> oh, tell me about this. So what do you mean? Like you're kind of like your trigger warnings to yourself? Yeah, so a lot of them will have to do with my bedtime. So when, for example, when I really love going down the rabbit hole, like when I'm excited about something, like I will find documentaries about it and I can just go nonstop. So now I will see, uh, I know that my bedtime is non-negotiable 10 o'clock. Yeah. And so after that, there might be a screen, but really exceptionally. Mm. Um, 80% of the time, I will have everything switched off by then. And also just noticing how it's, again, this cause and effect. Noticing how I am feeling already. If the evening is approaching and I feel like I'm really lit up and I'm like hungry for more, I'll be like, okay, t tonight we're pacing ourselves. We're, you know, shutting down and we're going to do something to calm ourselves down. <laughs> If I'm feeling like this in the morning, I can let myself go. But I will just be a lot more vigilant of my state of mind in the evening because I know that I am prone to mm, just going down this rabbit hole and like allowing my working brain to take over. And that's when you end up in bed where your mind's racing and you're thinking of all the things you have, yeah. to, <laughs> you have to do or you wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I could totally relate. This actually, okay, this is kind of a side tangent, but because you have kids, you might have seen this. Have you seen the movie Strange World yet? No, but I remember, I think my kids may have mentioned it last week. 
Mm, it's interesting. I might have seen it with my husband. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask him yeah. why. Well, it's just interesting. It kind of reminds me of our conversation, not necessarily in the sleep, but kind of the symbiotic, the people out there that love Disney, kids, if you have kids mm-hmm. or not. <laughs> it was a good one. <laughs> but this is awesome. This has been so, so good. And I know, you know, you've given us so many takeaways and nuggets of goodness. I, I can't even like the, from the yoga nidra to the evening routine, all the things. So for anybody who's listening and they know, okay, this is something that I actually know is going to affect me that I know I want to focus on because it's going to create this incredible ripple effect in the rest of my life and all the things that I'm working through. Where can people find you, follow you, work with you, all the things? <laughs> sure. So people can find me on Instagram um, at Lina Ayurveda and also on my website, uh, linanayurveda.com, where uh, there are some resources. I have some recipes as well, Ayurvedic recipes. And there you can also find a link to book individual sessions with me where we can discuss your sleep, your digestion, and your emotional well-being. (laughs) Because all these things come together. They really do. That's amazing. I'll make sure to have all those links in the show notes as well. Well, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you so, so much for gracing us with your presence and sharing all your nuggets of wisdom. And thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me. It's been so fun to talk to you. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the Deliciously Alive podcast with me today. We hope it brought value to you and created a bit of inspiration and encouragement that will move you into action. For more, you can head on over to deliciouslyalive.com forward slash guide to get our free resource guide that will show you actionable ways to live an incredible life, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone you know who would love it too or leave a rating and review. It means the world to us and gives us feedback on what to do more of. That's all for this episode. So till next time, stay curious, be brave, and take inspired action toward that delicious life meant especially for you.